Hey everyone, this is Peter Levin, and you're listening to another episode of In Good Hands, a show about the companies and founders solving our climate crisis. Today, I interview Andre Cherney, co-founder and CEO of Aspiration. Aspiration is a socially conscious fintech platform that offers a range of products oriented around conscious consumerism. What this means is when you look at a bank, think about all the products they offer, right? The checkings and savings account, the debit card, the checks, the mobile app, all these different products that establish this financial relationship between institution and customer. And they've rethought all of those core product offerings. For example, a debit card that that gives customers the ability to round up their purchases to then plant a tree with those roundup dollars. Buy a coffee for $2.50, rounds up to $3 and uses that 50 cents to plant a tree. Another thing is their 10% cash back. Anytime you use their debit card at stores that fit this impact criteria, you get up to 10% cash back on these purchases. They have a fee model that is pay what you want. And it's literally what it sounds like. Uh, You could pay $0 a month, you could pay $10 a month, whatever you want. And the list goes on about all the different ways that Aspiration is rethinking what it means to be an honest, impact-first financial partner. And in the episode, Andre and Al discuss the key differences between Aspiration and legacy incumbent financial institutions. We'll talk about the thinking behind their core product offerings, his journey from senior speechwriter for Al Gore and assistant attorney general in Arizona to now running the $200 million firm Aspiration, and so much more. This episode is jam-packed with so many interesting ideas, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Andre Cherney, co-founder and CEO of Aspiration. Andre, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Andre, I want to jump in with, I think, a really interesting uh, quote that I saw. Either you mentioned in in an article or a podcast where you write, there are a lot of people out there who are recycling their aluminum cans and drinking out of metal straws and making all kinds of difference in their lives. And yet nothing about buying that drink with a Wells Fargo debit card. What does that mean? Look, money is a scary topic for people. It's intimidating. And it's also something ephemeral. When you have that aluminum can in your hands, you you can feel it. Uh, when you're deciding what kind of straw to drink, whether a plastic straw or paper straw or metal straw, you, you see it in front of you. But you don't necessarily think about what your money is doing. It's not, of course, sitting in a vault at night. but when your money is with any of the big banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, you, you name it, they're taking that money and a big chunk of it is getting lent out to fund oil and gas exploration, pipelines, drilling, everything we know that is driving the climate crisis. In fact, people like Bill McKibben and others have argued that banks are actually the chief drivers of climate change in the world, even more so than than oil companies. And when you look at the amount of money that an institution like JP Morgan puts behind exploitative uh, projects and drilling and, and so on, it makes the money spent by an oil company like ExxonMobil puny in comparison 
And the fact is that all the good that so many people are doing as they're thinking about their purchases, as they're thinking about their choices on how to get to work and how to have energy in their homes and everything else, very oftentimes gets completely uh, wiped away by the real damage that is being done by their own money. And the thing is, people have the power to choose. People have the ability to put their dollars in institutions, whether it's aspiration or others, that, that do not allow their dollars to be spent in that way. And in fact, people also have the ability to have financial partners that allow them to spend and save and do everything else they need to do in their financial life in ways that actually are regenerative as opposed to destructive. And that's really our mission at Aspiration. Andre, you just made my job of segueing to what you're working on so easy. <laughs> so for the listeners, can you explain what Aspiration is and how it's different from these traditional incumbent financial firms? So Aspiration is what we think of as a financial partner with a conscience. We offer ways of banking services and investing and all of the other kinds of financial needs that you have, but ones with social conscience and sustainability built into the very DNA. How we're different is we're, we're really different in almost every respect. Now, we're the same in terms of basics of, of what you get. If you open an aspiration spend and save account, you'll get a debit card with us the same way you'd get with, with your traditional bank. You'd get paper checks. You'll get a mobile app. You can uh, take a picture of your of your checks and upload that. You can transfer money. Your money is FDIC insured. All, all of those kinds of things that people expect with their checking or savings account. But number one, we're everywhere. Uh, we don't have branches, so everything is done uh, through your phone. So we're in, in all 50 states all over the country, where, wherever you are. Number two is how we treat our customers. And as opposed to the hundreds of dollars the average American pays in fees to their bank. Our only fee that our customers pay is what we call pay what is fair. The customer chooses our fee. If they want to pay zero, they can pay zero. Up to them to choose the fee. Most customers choose to pay because they're so excited about what we're doing and, and the level of service we're providing. Uh -huh. uh, then we offer other products where that you can adopt as well where there is a fee. Number three is our do no harm approach, which means that when your deposits are with aspiration, your money is fossil fuel free. Your money is firearm free. Your money is private prison free, as opposed to other institutions that are, again, turning around that money to not only for oil and gas exploration, but for gun manufacturers and everything else. With Aspiration, your, your money won't be doing that harm. Now, I'd say there, there's other institutions where you can get things like that. What I think really sets Aspiration apart from, I'd venture to say, almost everybody else uh, out there is not only that do no harm, which is, of course, different than the big banks, but the power to do good. We offer things like planter change. We let you round up each one of your transactions to the nearest dollar, each one of your purchases, and then plant a tree with it every time uh, you're making that kind of purchase. Uh, so if you're at the store and you're buying something for uh, $1.75, you can round it up to $2, we'll plant a tree. So an ability to plant trees, frankly, that's a, a a lot less expensive than going to any of the charities out there. That uh, There are great charities that, that uh, allow you to, to plant trees through donations. We have something called planet protection. It makes all of your driving carbon neutral. So whatever car you're driving, you don't have an electric car, you're, you're driving uh, your traditional car. 
we will, for a monthly subscription fee as part of our Aspiration Plus uh, subscription, we'll make all of that driving carbon neutral. Every time you're buying gasoline with that Aspiration debit card, we'll calculate the amount necessary to provide carbon offsets to make up for that driving. We have something called the Aspiration Impact Measurement. It allows you to see your own personal sustainability score. First time that's ever really been possible. Connected right into how you're spending. And, and when you're making purchases and uh, decisions, when you're deciding to go to uh, different stores, we're calculating the impact based on those stores, people scores and planet scores. Uh, and then we show you the people and planet scores of other similar businesses. So if wow. you're uh, walking on the street and there's a CVS and a Walgreens and a Rite Aid, how do each of them treat their employees? How do they treat the environment? If you're going to have lunch and there's a McDonald's and Burger King and a Taco Bell and a Chipotle, uh, not only do you feel like a burger or a burrito, but how are those businesses treating the planet? How are they treating their people? And make spending decisions right from your Aspiration app. And so that's just a, a piece of all the different kinds of ways that we empower conscious consumers to bring that into how they make daily decisions on where to spend where to save, and how to be able to have a positive impact as they vote with their dollars. Andre, uh, I'm over here on mute because I'm fanboying pretty <laughs> damn hard because this is well, that's all of the hear. above is one of the most kind of courageous and interesting. I don't even know what to, to categorize this venture as because it does so many things and it does so many things differently than, than the way that incumbent institutions have set the bar for decades. I want to unpack each of these products one yeah. by one. And I want to start with the fees because when it comes to making uh, impactful change on the world, it's hard to do that if the model or the means by which you can do so is unsustainable. <laughs> and yeah. The fact that you guys said, you know what? We're going to let you pay what you want. Yeah, it's just radically different than almost anything I've heard before. I'm, I'm blinking on the band. It was I don't know if it was Metallica or uh, I'm blinking on the band. But I, I remember when they put out an album, Radiohead. 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 Yep. Yeah, that's, they did yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So to, was that part of the inspiration? Talk to me about your thinking yeah. around establishing this as the model. You know, it really came down to trust. There's so many challenges that plague the financial industry. But I'd say the biggest of them is a massive amount of consumer distrust that is very well earned. And we wanted to be a financial institution built around conscience. Clearly, that's about what we can do for the world, what we can do, or most importantly, what our customers can do for the world, what they can do for the community as we empower them. But that starts with how we treat our customers. And, and we want to make sure that we can earn our customers' trust. And so we took a bet uh, from day one of saying, to your point, we, we need to be a sustainable financial institution that can grow and scale and be able to live on and prosper because otherwise you're not making the kind of change that is going to be long lasting. But we believe that we could do so by building a relationship of trust with our customers. And if we trusted them, they were going to trust us as well. And if we said, okay, we're going to set the bar so high that you're going to pay a fee only if you're so wowed and delighted and made successful by what we do that you choose to pay uh, a fee, that we were going to really build something substantial there. And again, the great majority of our customers choose to pay. And that's really meaningful 
to us. Now, it's also not the only way that we as an institution earn money every time you're purchasing something with, with your aspiration debit card, or, or really with any debit card, the merchant pays something called called interchange. And that's true, whether you're using our card or, or any other debit card or credit card, and, and we earn some of that as well. But we wanted for our customers to make sure that we weren't going to be making money the way the traditional banks do, which is they make money when things go bad for you. Uh, they make money when your, your life is messed up when you have overdraft fees, when you have late mm-hmm. fees, when you have service fees. We wanted to reverse it and make money only when our customers were really successful and, and excited based on what we were doing. Andre, that is super interesting. One of my favorite creators out of LA called Yes Theory did a similar thing. They did a their first long form documentary as opposed to their traditional cadence, which is like a 10 minute video where they post to their YouTube channel. They did this long form documentary and let their entire audience, I think 4 million or 5 million subscribers, pay what they wanted. You Mm. could pay zero, you could pay 10. And they actually publicized what the average fee paid was. And it was, again, far more than they would make on AdSense just by uploading the video to YouTube. But also was a testament to the success in a model when you build and earn trust with an audience. So I'm very bullish on the bet you've made here, and it seems to be working. I think it has. And then again, it's really fundamentally about building that relationship with the customer. Of course, the fees matter. This is not a free product. And we say, uh, look, this isn't free. There's a lot of people who are working really hard to, to deliver for you. But we think the customer should choose the fee as opposed mm-hmm. to us choosing the fee. And they should choose the fee based on how good of a job they think we're doing. And, and that, of course, provides an incentive to us to, to keep on trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Another product that I'm really interested in is the card and cashback. You look at some of these companies like Nerd Wallet and the Points Guy, they have managed to grow those properties into massive outcomes, literally yeah. by educating people on financial products and helping people figure out, hey, I can get two more free flights if I sign up for this chase card and I et cetera, right? Always hacking the system. And one of the things that you guys have published is shopping for impact and getting up to 10% cash back on your purchases, right? Which I haven't seen before. Can you just unpack what the cashback program looks like and how the shopping for impact criteria works? You're right. There has been so much of the kind of gamification of consumer spending out there, the nerd wallets and, and places like that, and, and empowering consumers with that information is really positive. But for a lot of people, the way they think about their spending decisions isn't just about, can I get an extra free flight to somewhere, but about what is the impact of those dollars? Uh, look, we as American consumers, we have enormous power. We spend $36 billion a day in the United States as consumers. And our ability to spend with companies that are doing better when it comes to the plan when it comes doing better when it comes to how they treat their employees around lines of pay and diversity and everything else. When it comes better to, to shopping with companies with a mission and, and with real values behind them, that is an enormous lever for change. And our ability to vote with the dollars is important. And so 
What we're trying to do is to incentivize and encourage our customers to do more of that. And so we built something called the Conscience Coalition that is some of the best companies that are out there in terms of being companies with a real mission behind them, companies like Warby Parker and Tom's and Reformation and, and others. And they're part of our Conscious Coalition. And we offer, as you said, up to 10% cash back when you're shopping at those kinds of companies to encourage our customers to, to spend with, with those companies that are doing better. We, we talked before about our aspiration impact measurement, our, our AIM score. For some of those companies, those are going to be some of your bigger companies that are out there where where most people's spending happens. We're offering extra cash back for spending with really highly rated companies uh, on that front wow. because we want to help people vote with their dollars. And and if an extra nudge of incentive helps people to do even more of that and we have a, a, a more positive impact on the climate and on our country and on our community, then, then that's a good thing. That is super interesting. I'm- I know I don't want you to reveal anything that's sensitive or non-public, but to the extent you feel comfortable, do you mind demystifying how cash back is enabled? Like my hunch is, hey, in many ways, you as the financial partner is also a marketing channel for these brands. And you know that if you have some say in uh, encouraging or pushing people to brands that have impact or sustainability baked into their model and value system, that you guys should also be rewarded for sending them traffic. So I guess roughly, is that how the relationship between financial firm and brands manifest in these cashback programs? It sometimes is. It's not for us. We're not in that kind of business. And I think if we ever were, it would be really important for us to preserve our credibility of making sure that we are making sure people believe that people have that trust that they need to have in something like our aspiration impact measurements so that those kinds of uh, deals wouldn't impact us. But no, this, this is really about about providing an extra benefit to, to our customers. We think if we provide uh, great benefits, they're going to want to do more with aspiration. They're going to tell their friends about aspiration and uh, they're going to want to uh, choose to pay what is fair and, and all of those kinds of uh, ways in which we as a company do succeed. But creating that virtuous cycle is really core to how we think about our business. Got it. On a previous episode, I think it was Paul Gamble from Nori or actually some other uh, company that I interviewed out of Cali and I pitched him on an idea, which was like, if eggcorns and climate consciousness had a baby. And mm. when I started doing research on aspiration, I'm like, oh my God, you guys have done this, yeah. right? Being able to round up your dollar to support these climate change fighting initiatives, right? By, by planting trees. How did you arrive at this initiative? Like what was the initial eureka moment behind this particular product and feature of the debit card? There's a lot of companies out there now that are enabling roundups and allowing you to round up your purchases and then put that money into your personal savings. That's a good thing. People should be saving. But for Aspiration, we wanted to say, how can you put that money into saving the planet? And and, and so we really worked hard to be able to create something where we could 
be able to efficiently and effectively plant trees with every roundup that our customers make. Again, if you go to the great charities uh, that are out there, Earth Day Foundation, National Forest Foundation, Arbor Day Foundation, it's about a dollar. uh, It's a dollar per donation to plant a, a, a tree. And by definition, our our roundups are all less than a dollar. Uh, in fact, on average, significantly uh, less than that. Uh-huh. But we wanted to be able to make that guarantee to our customers. Every time uh, you make that roundup, even if you're rounding up from a dollar ninety nine to two dollars, we're going to to plant that tree. And the response has been enormous. Within just a matter of a few weeks since we launched, our customers planted a million trees, and when you think about the carbon impact of a million trees, that's basically like taking one car off the road for a year for every household in Atlanta, Georgia, or Kansas City, or Tucson, Arizona, or, or cities of that kind of size. It's enormous. And that's just in the first few weeks, and it's accelerated since then. And so we're planting in our aspiration community millions and millions of trees a year and growing. And we, there again, show customers how many trees they've planted. And again, we provide rewards to them for every, when you reach certain numbers of trees, we're giving you uh, cash incentives as a reward for, for doing so, because we want to put our money as a company behind this as well. We're asking our customers to round up. We're, we're rounding up for them as well by providing extra cash in their pocket. And it's really taken flight and been something that's been really in it's been inspiring for us to see as a company the way in which so many members of our community uh, have embraced this and it's inspiring for me to witness this being executed in real time there aren't many companies very few that a make the commitment outright to an initiative of this nature and then b if so actually do go at the scale that you're pulling off right now. We had Boxed Water on the Mm -hmm. show a while back, and Rob, the CMO there, talks about how they implemented a similar program. And at the scale that they're doing, they've it's this type of impact that not only does great for the world, but it's also just a really effective marketing opportunity. I, I actually, before we... Um, segue to the last few questions. <laughs> I I didn't do this early on, but I can't help but introduce your background to the listeners. Uh, if I look on your LinkedIn, and it's really crazy what your pathway to aspiration <laughs> has been. Intelligence officer at the U.S. Navy, assistant attorney general in Arizona, senior fellow at Harvard Kennedy School, best-selling author, the list goes on, senior speechwriter for the White House. So I want to just nail down, you go through all of these fascinating chapters and then sometime either in 2013 or just before then, you have this eureka moment for aspiration. What was that light bulb moment for you? Or what was the culmination of events that inspired aspiration from day one? Definitely a, a a winding road, and you're right. I have I have done a lot of things over my career, <laughs> but but I think 
as I look back on it, which maybe is the only way that uh, a person's life uh, makes sense is, is in the rearview mirror. And, and not to say there's not still road ahead of, for me, but but it, 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 my work really has been around addressing people's financial and economic challenges, whether that was a, as a financial fraud prosecutor or in some of the policy work I did, and in, and in really this work around climate change. I, I started my career, and now I hate to admit it, almost 25 years ago, working in the White House for Vice President Gore. And this was at a time way before we had podcasts like yours or any podcast. Uh-huh. And it was a time that I, before climate change was cool. And Al Gore at that time was fighting a pretty lonely battle to awaken people to the challenge of what we were calling then global warming. And, and working for him in the White House, I, I was there as he was traveling around the country. And this was, of course, also before Inconvenient Truth and, and before any of these things happened. And he was giving these speeches where he would have this easel and whiteboard next to him up on the stage with charts showing the the growth of CO2 levels in the, in the Antarctic core and, and, and things like that. And everybody was complaining that, that he was putting people to sleep. They, they were calling him Al Bohr. Why are you talking about these esoteric scientific things that are meaningless to people's lives uh, when you should be talking about real bread and butter issues that matter to people? And But he kept on doing it. And he kept on talking about those things. He kept on pushing on those things, even at a political price. They said, you're going to lose. West Virginia was a solidly Democratic state. Michael Dukakis won West Virginia against George uh, Herbert Walker Bush in 1988 in an unsuccessful campaign. And he, he did end up losing those and certainly paid a price, but he thought it was the right thing to do. And, wow. and that example uh, of principle and the importance of, of this challenge to us as a country and, and to the world ha- has stuck with me. And, and so I've kept on looking for ways to have an impact. And, and certainly as myself and my co-founder and our team started building Aspiration, this was clearly for us a, a, another way of being able to think about how do you really move the needle on fundamental challenges facing people as individuals, but also these kinds of global challenges. Wow. Andre, I got to tip my hat to you because you're humble in the way that you reflect back on these chapters that predate Aspiration. But as a speechwriter for Vice President Gore, I can see for John Kerry for president, in, in many ways, you were also in part responsible for introducing these ideas and these issues to the mainstream. So I tip my hat to you. And I, again, I'm, I'm fanboying here because well, I, I appreciate I, it. We, unfortunately, we were not successful in either of those uh, <laughs> endeavors, ultimately, for the good of the... Uh... For the good of the republic, I, I got out of that business about uh, 15 plus years ago and and, and others uh, have had and hopefully will continue to have more success on that front. Um, Andre, before we part ways, I have my favorite question in the arsenal. I ask every interview and it's around this notion of the idea graveyard. And I think you and I are probably alike where we might have this note in our iPhone of all these ideas yeah. That come whistling up in our head and then we might think it's the next big idea and the next day it's just terrible. Or maybe it is a great idea, but we just don't have the time to execute against it. So my question for you is, 
what are one of these ideas you have that you'd love to pursue if you had the time, but are rotting away in your idea graveyard? That's a great question. I think starting something like what we're doing at Aspiration is is a challenge in many respects when you're going after a fundamentally different way of doing something in one of the largest industries in the world where you have infinitely capitalized incumbents. So it's challenging, but I'd say the best part of my job is I get to take my ideas and, and get to put them into action. And for the things that I've been thinking about for the past few years, there's that note is, isn't too littered with, with things that I would like to do and, and haven't been able to. It's really just the things that, that I'd like to do and, and we haven't done yet, but, but that we're going to work on it and be able to deliver through Aspiration. And that's fundamentally about uh, the things I care about and that we care about at Aspiration is, is these challenges of giving people uh, much better financial outcomes in their lives and across the board in all aspects of their financial lives, the ability to have a positive impact with their money. And, and we've done that thus far through our debit card and our savings and, and in our investment fund, that's an ESG investment fund open to everybody. But there's so much more uh, that's out there in the financial landscape. And there's so much that has, is driven by inequity around how people are treated and the inequity about how our planet is treated because of these financial products. And that, that idea graveyard is hopefully uh, ideas that aren't dead, but ideas we're going to be able to put forward that are going to have a positive impact uh, on, on all those fronts. Oh, I love that. Andre, before we part ways, I'd love to roll out the red carpet. Are there any final call to actions, hiring needs, announcements that you want to leave with our listeners? The floor is yours. Look, I, I think we think of our as our company, as a movement and as a mission. As we said, we didn't set out to build a, a better bank. We set out to build a better world. And and we only succeed if, if people join us on that mission. And and so anybody who's listening uh, to this podcast would ask them to take a, a hard look at Aspiration and and uh, would venture to say we're going to be able to offer them a, a, a way that they can have more money in their pocket and make more difference uh, in the world by, by switching to us and by working with us as well. And if they're people who are engineers or product people or really anywhere in, in the technology ecosystem or financial ecosystem and, and are interested in joining us. We're hiring. Our doors are open for, for new customers. And, and at the very least, hope people will follow us through social media, whether it's our, our Facebook group or on Twitter or, or Instagram, but, but would love them to open an account and, and would love to hear from them about, about what they think we're doing right and what we could be doing better. Andre plus one to all of that. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey there, you made it to the outro. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. We're actively casting for new guests on our show. So if you have a rockstar founder or company in mind that's working on something cool, message me on Instagram at Peter A. Levin or email us hello at ingothands.us. Thank you so much again and look forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday. Thank you so much again and look forward to bringing you... We look forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday. <laughs>